I'm Damian Lillard, and you're listening to From the Rose Garden on the Athletic Podcast Network. Rep City! Both teams play hard. Both teams play hard. Both teams play hard. Both teams play hard. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of From the Rose Garden. I'm your host, Dave DeFour, joined as always by my guy, Jason Quick. Uh, obviously, the league has suspended play for the time being. Uh, they're taking a 30-day hiatus to then reassess the health crisis situation that's going on in the world. I can think of no better person than Jason Quick to help navigate these waters. Jason, what is happening with the Blazers right now? Well, some actually some pretty cool things uh, from an organizational standpoint. Owner Je- Jody Allen is stepping up and she is going to take care of the part-time employees who work at the Moda Center. It's around 600 employees ranging from the ushers, the ticket takers. Uh, those type of employees are going to be taken care of for the nine games that have been postponed by the NBA. And not all all those workers would have worked all nine games, but she's just saying, I don't care. Let's just do a blanket payment. I'm going to pay every employee who worked those nine games or as if they would have worked those nine games. This is really kind of a delicate situation because there's more than a thousand people who work at the, the motor center on a, on a given game night, but not all of them are under, under the umbrella of the trailblazers. There's, a private parking company. There's the food uh, service company that are not affiliated with the Trailblazers. And so those employees are going to be kind of at the discretion of those companies. And those companies are not obviously uh, financially stable as uh, Mrs. Allen. So, uh, but the good news is, is that the the employees under the Trailblazers uh, umbrella are going to be taken care of for those final nine games that have been postponed. And then in 30 days, uh, the Trailblazers will reassess and see where things are at and uh, proceed from there. But they are going to take care of those people and their family. And I think that is very consistent with how the Allen family has taken care of the Trailblazers throughout the years. This has been a family-type organization. Um, and so it, it's really good to see that. And that this is also going to extend to the Seattle Seahawks and the NFL. She owns that as well. Uh, and I've also heard word that the uh, Portland Timbers, the MLS team in Portland, are also uh, working to formulate some kind of plan to take care of those uh, people who work at the stadium at Providence Park. A lot of good coming out of this, which is really a scary and you know monumental era in our history. But it's, it's I think it's always good. I, I've said this before, you know, like at the 9-11, if there was one good thing that happened out of that, you saw a lot of people unite and take care of each other and, and drop all the uh, divisions and, and feelings or stances that they have and, and kind of look after each other. And I think we're seeing that right now with the Blazers and their ownership. And I think that's that's really good. From a team standpoint, the players are told to kind of stay away until Monday. They can have one-on-one workouts with uh, coaches at the practice facility, but no group activities. They want to prevent spreading. And I think they're going to reassess on Monday and see kind of where everything is at. But 
right now. They can go to the practice facility in Tualatin. They have to stay in town. And on Monday, the, the NBA wants to keep players in their home, in the town that they play in. Uh, people are remaining in the Portland area until Monday. Uh, no team activities as a group, but they can go and work out at the facility. What about you? Are you okay? Excuse me? Are you, are you, are you okay? Are you uh, self-quarantining or, or anything like that? Uh, I have been staying home. Um, I, I feel fine. There was, you know, one day where I, I think it was after the, the last game where I woke up and didn't feel great, but I didn't know if that was just in my head of kind of feeling weird being around a lot of people at the game and stuff. It, it was certainly, uh, I was thinking a lot about it, but I, I feel fine. But just to be safe, I haven't left the house in, uh, since I've been uh, back from that Blazer game when they played Phoenix on Tuesday night. So I'm about to leave the house. I got to do something with my wife right now. But uh, other than that, I, I've been playing it safe. I've got a compromised immune system to begin with. So I have to be really careful. And I, I'm really nervous because in February, I was on a, on a plane a lot. I went to to New Orleans. I went to Memphis, Indiana, Atlanta, Orlando. So I was on a lot of planes and in a, a lot of airports. And pretty much every season I get sick. Planes are disgusting. That time that I was traveling, you know, the coronavirus wasn't a, wasn't a hot topic in the USA yet. And so uh, there wasn't a lot of people washing their hands and sanitizing and I was on those planes, so I, I am a little nervous about it. But uh, so far, I, I'm feeling okay. Good. Uh, you know, the the social distancing uh, is just like super important. And you know, I, I I've got a lot of complaints about how long everything took, but I'm just glad that it's finally actually happening. So this is an opportunity to go through some of our questions uh, that we've had yeah. uh, collected over the the last few weeks. So let's do that. And, you know, not to not to make light, but this is uh, this is good use of our time. It doesn't have to be dour for the entire podcast. It was always an escape. That's going to be the hardest thing I think about this uh, phenomena is that sports aren't going to be our escape. 9-11, everything else, we always turn to sports to take our attention away. And that's what's going to make this unique is that sports is also taken away from us. So it, it's going to be a really difficult time, but let's use it. Yeah. Let's I will still say, utilize it as a, as a way to escape. I will say maybe one of the side benefits of this is that uh, people will pay attention to politics like they've <laughs> been paying attention to sports. Um, that's, that's my hope. So this, uh, first of all, uh, I'll start with one that's specifically about the, uh, the hiatus. Um, just, you know, just to clear this up quickly from Superset Greg, is it safe to assume the regular season's over and the Blazers didn't make the playoffs? I get I I can start and say that we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what the the world is going to look like in a month, much less, you know, if they're going to come back and play basketball. So um, I, I just say I don't know. But I don't think the Blazers were making the playoffs anyway, Jason. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. Um, everything is so fluid right now. I mean, just look how much things have changed since the beginning of this week to where we are now on uh, on Friday. I think things could look drastically different by Monday. That's just how crazy this uh, the spread of this has been and, and the the response to it. So 
I think we're going to have to remain really fluid for the next 30 days and beyond. But I, I would be surprised just looking at how things transpired in Italy uh, and other places. I think it's going to be really difficult for them to bring back the season this year. So, yeah, I, I, I would venture or lean towards saying that the yeah, Blazers are not going to make the playoffs. From Tomas Saransky, uh, Gary Trent Jr. gives off Wes Matthews vibes. Is that a fair comparison? And can Gary exceed what Wes gave us offensively and defensively? Well, that's a big ask. <laughs> yeah, great it. question. Though. Yeah. I, you know, I've never made that correlation. It's interesting. They were the same number. You know, uh, I don't want to put him in, in Wes's category yet. Just because Wes was so dynamic and... I think Wes was probably a better three-point shooter than Gary is. But keep in mind, Gary's in his second season. I, th- I think Gary's uh, potential is is great right now. So I think it's a it's a wonderful comparison, one that uh, has kind of got me smiling right now because the thing where you do see the similarities is their tenacity on defense, particularly in the last two or three games before the stoppage of play. Gary's defense was really opening eyes. I mean, he was getting, uh, I think the game at Phoenix, he had three consecutive possessions where he either got a a turnover, forced a turnover, or forced a jump ball. And then he did it again in the last game uh, against Phoenix in Portland where he forced a jump ball, just really putting his nose into the middle of things. And uh, that's the best thing that has happened out of this Blazer season outside of Dame's uh, glorious run in the end of January where he was scoring 50, 60 points a game. Gary Trent Jr. will be the uh, kind of second headlining story of this season. His emergence uh, is really promising as they move forward. Well, I look forward to reading the story in a couple of months. <laughs> I, I, I wonder if Wes Matthews has had a chance to watch Gary Trent at all. You know, actually, one of Gary's coming out games was at Milwaukee when the Blazers played Wes Matthews and, and the Bucks, And it was a game that Damian Lillard was sitting out because of his back spasms. And Dame said that that was the game that Gary really opened his eyes, where he noticed that, okay, he does know the game plan. He is in the right positions. And uh, he's performing at a high level. And that was the game that, that Dame really said, okay, Gary is ready for this and he's ready to be a regular contributor. And it was while he was uh, going against Wes Matthews. So that's, that's kind of interesting. How about a Nick Batum question uh, from Bob underscore Deeger. What were your impressions of Nick Batum? He struck me as someone who really let his emotions impact how he played the game. For, for me, it could be frustrating to watch and yet completely relatable. Well, first I, I love Nick Batum. Uh, as a person and a player, he was one of the more approachable guys on the roster, uh, had a really s- sweet and sensitive side to him. And then just from a playing standpoint, he, he was so valuable um, from an offensive and defensive position. I mean, the way that they were able to run side pick and rolls with, with Nick where it was really uh, not revolutionary, but it, it really helped define that era of the Blazers offense. And, you know, it was interesting that when Nick Batum came up 
with the Blazers his rookie year at summer league, he looked terrible. I mean, he couldn't dribble with his left hand. And even in summer league, he just stood out as not being ready to play. And he was a first round pick. Then he comes to training camp and by opening night, he was not only in the rotation, but he was in the starting lineup. I think the thing that about Nicholas is that everyone could everyone could see how incredibly versatile and gifted he was as a player, but he never seemed to maximize it. And I think that's what was frustrating. And I think that's what the new management, when uh, that all kind of changed, new coaching, new coaching staff, uh, new front office. And there was a debate of, okay, do we, are we going to pay him the big money or, you know, do we kind of cut bait? And they decided to, to cut bait and trade him to Charlotte. So, but Nicholas was one of my favorite guys. I really enjoyed him. Yeah. I've I've thought a lot about Batum since his deal is going to be expiring and, and, you know, he hasn't had a great run of it. He's had the, you know, the weird elbow injury and, and that has affected his game quite a bit. I wonder if he might be a guy that when we have an off season, uh, the Warriors kick the tires on. Seems like the kind of guy that, that could wind up helping them out, actually. Yeah, I could see that. He, he's an incredibly smart player. He's very unselfish. So I could see him fitting in that system. I, I can see him fitting in a Spurs system. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I think he's still can contribute in this league obviously he's not worth the 26 million or whatever he's making but uh there's a place for players like nicholas in this uh in this league yeah absolutely all right uh let's do let's do one more question well hopefully hopefully you can answer this one uh do you have any this is from dustin p jones do you have any stories uh about cliff robinson jerome kersey or kevin duckworth oh uh ugh. That's a little, a little bit, bit before, before my time. Yeah, I was thinking you might have a, a story. But I did. Uh, I got to know Jerome and Kevin uh, off the court just as they were around the Blazers at, in an ambassador role. And the thing about Kevin Duckworth that really stands out is he was one of the most, uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it's always overused, but a teddy bear. He is the definition of a teddy bear. He was the definition of a teddy bear. I mean, he was just so lovable and so nice, so incredibly, incredibly nice. And that one, when when he passed away, that was uh, really hard for a lot of people. And I still think about him because they have a, outside the motor center along the Willamette River there, there's a Esplanade that you can walk and ride your bike on and stuff. And there was an area that's, I think it's called the Kevin Duckworth dock. And he liked to fish and uh, there's a little plaque there. And I, I think about him every time I ride my bike past there, but just a, a incredible sweetheart of a guy. I will always remember in his playing days when he came out in that playoff series, I believe it was against the Spurs. He had a broken hand and, and people kind of went nuts when he, uh, came out his hand wrapped and ended up playing and then jerome obviously uh one of the most popular players and just a great smile he was so personable to everyone even the, even with all of his fame in portland 
he was one of the most approachable guys. For a while, I worked for the TV station uh, here in Portland, and they had this talking ball show, and he would come on the pregame and postgame shows, and it was held at a bar. And so, like in between commercials and or or after the show, he would kind of hold court with just regular people there. I think people really enjoyed that and got that sense from Jerome that he was an everyday guy and he enjoyed being an everyday guy. Uh, the thing about Jerome, though, on the court was he was the type of player that Portland falls in love with and that they really gravitate toward because he was kind of this blue collar, hardworking, self-made player. He was always diving on the floor, getting uh, knee burns, running into the into the stands in pursuit of a loose ball. And when he first joined the Blazers, he didn't have a jump shot. He was all fast break and dunks, but he worked on his jump shot, worked on his jump shot. And by the end of his uh, career, became a really reliable mid-range jump shooter. So those type of qualities really endeared him to the fan base. And then on top of that, he was this, you know, precarious, engaging uh, guy with a million dollar smile. And uh, was really, it was really cool as a, as a fan who grew up in Oregon, kind of idolizing those teams with Clyde, Terry, Jerome, Duck, getting to meet those two guys and discovering that not only were they great players, but they were great guys. And uh, same thing with Terry Porter. Terry Porter is just an incredible, incredible person. Really, really nice. That's always neat when you can meet someone who you looked up to as a, as a youth and find out that there's more behind them than, than uh, what you saw on the court. Yeah. Uh, and also uh, Jerome Kersey is a, Virginia high school basketball legend. Yeah. Yeah. Try growing up in Virginia. Was it uh, Mount Union? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then he went to Longwood. Um, yeah. Yeah. But grow, growing up in Virginia as a basketball player, you know, like Jerome Kersey, we didn't have a lot of guys when I was a kid. We had Johnny Newman, who was from Richmond. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and, but Jerome Kersey was, I mean, constantly mentioned. All the old guys would always tell you about the time they watched Jerome Kersey, you know do something so all right well that is gonna do it for this week and uh i'm not sure when we'll be back i'm assuming we'll be back next week and obviously if we have any kind of news or anything um you know we'll we'll try to relay that make sure you follow jason's stuff over at the athletic because if if i expect anyone to make the most of of the the time that we've got right now where we don't have to pay attention you know there's no games to watch um i think that this is when uh we might get Jason Quick's best work, which is kind of amazing. Um, Jeez, no pressure, Dave. Yeah, huh? hey, listen. I, I, I I'm like struggling here. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to get my mind around this and, and figure out how I am going to approach my job because it, it's going to be a challenge. It, it really is. is. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of actually freaking out a little bit, to oh. be honest. Uh, well, if it, if, it, if it makes you feel any better, I have no doubt. That you're going to have some excellent stuff. I mean, listen, you know, Wes Matthews, Gary Trent Jr. It's sitting right there. Yeah, it's true. Um, but also so people, if you have yeah. ideas or if you want to find out about something, hit me up on Twitter with uh, your story ideas. And oh, that's a great idea. Maybe, maybe something will uh, ring a bell and I'll, I can pursue it. So that's a great idea, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Let's all work together. Um, and yes. then, and then uh, just kind of like a, 
a PSA um, at the athletic, anything related to, to the COVID-19 outbreak, the league's response, any of that stuff is unlocked and free for everyone that is not subscriber only. So, you know, we're, we're actually trying to, to keep the public abreast of the situation as best we can. So definitely go and check that stuff out for Jason quick. I am Dave DeFore. Thank you guys for listening. Both things play hard. Both things play hard. God bless and good night.